It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And uh, yesterday, uh, I got a text from my good friend Clinton Yates, and uh, I got distracted by it because that's what happens to me. And then, uh, and then I realized that the text in the commercial break after uh, I received it was that he was he was listening to the show, and we were talking about two chains and the interview that he did with him, and talking about a bunch of other stuff. And now we get to talk about it with him because it's Wednesday, and Clinton joins the show on Wednesdays. What's up? <laughs> What's up, man? You know, it was Thanksgiving five years ago. This would have been pre-pandemic when I was down there hanging out with Chains at his uh, charity basketball tournament that he holds at his old high school, North Clayton High School. And I tell people all the time, if you want to know where the epicenter of black culture comes in, basketball camp is where it happens. It was one of the most fun three days I've had, period, in a long time, seeing him and what he does to get out to the community and give back. And he's a part owner of the uh, College Park uh, Skyhawks, you know, the G League affiliate of the Hawks. So the guy's a big basketball guy, played four year, uh, played at Alabama State, graduated from HBCU, dude loves ball. So, you know, I heard you mention that he's going to be playing after the Wizards game. Yeah. That's easily the biggest part of the entertainment card that evening. No question that. Absolutely. Like, without question. I, as I said yesterday, I'm very surprised he's doing it because I feel like he yeah. could sell tickets at Capital One Arena. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to come watch a ball game and then I'm going to perform. Right. I mean, you know, it's easier for him probably that way, but, like, that is, again, a great ticket. And, like, honestly, those post-game concerts are, like, the best thing happening in that building these days between all of the teams playing and who's actually performing. Yeah. Um, we can talk about the Wizards another time. Hey, hey, they won on Monday. All they had to do was play the Pistons. Huh? huh? Yeah. I mean, I got listen. Every single night, I get a Jordan Poole update, and it's not better every other night. It is a replay of him doing something ridiculous, and to think that he's in like top ten bonehead wizards of all time already is just mind-bogglingly awesome. But you know, God bless him. We'll see where it turns out. That, my friend, is a list. That is oh, <laughs> what a. Mm, chef's kiss list that is uh speaking of good nba ball though um the nba's in-season tournament uh is is now in its uh i guess the the knockout phase uh the tournament phase is over but it was pretty fascinating i didn't get a chance to watch a ton of stuff last night because uh, it's actually both of our significant others birthdays yesterday so we were otherwise occupied but like catching up on stuff today it seemed like a ton of people were into it a ton of people that normally wouldn't watch a tuesday night nba slate were like yeah i'm tuned in you got the wacky bit uh between boston and chicago where the the celtics are intentionally fouling andre drummond up 30 because they're concerned about point differential and as two guys who love soccer and like understand what a knockout tournament style is when you're not just concerned about your game but you're concerned about other games as well like i kind of think the nba's pulled this off in a pretty nice way uh but i'm also open uh, to other other opinions. So how, how do you think this, this first edition of the in-season tournament is gone? They've got something here, Gregory. And I don't know that what it is is something that I care about or like, but it's certainly not something that I have a problem with, and it's certainly not something that I'm going to turn away from. Now, between the obvious branding of, oh, I know when they're playing one of these tournament games because the court is all goofy, which I actually enjoy as from a branding standpoint, too, oh, we're doing different things at the ends of games now. It's not just the same garbage time recycled seven minutes that we see in every other NBA game every other night. At that very level alone, I think they've got the right thing going. 
The other thing, too, though, is that it's made me think about that. Like, what are we really looking for in an NBA product in terms of the type of basketball? You got guys talking about how they don't want to run up the score at the end of games because they have to respect their opponents. But, like, I'm sorry, what? Like, you're playing professional basketball out here. Like, since when did we have a problem giving people the beat down? Like, it's a very interesting thing that thing has made us think about what the competitive balance is that we actually want at the highest level to be. And the fact that this tournament mixes it up a little – it's something, you know what I mean? It's making me think, and that's that's not bad. No, definitely not. Um, I, I think that's like, okay, next year, because I, I do think this thing will evolve for, I mean, maybe it's every year. Uh, maybe every right. year there's there's a different tweak or whatever on it. But, like, obviously there's going to be some significant change year one to year two as they figure out what big parts of this worked and what big parts could take on some improvement. So, like, what's the big thing that's worked? Like, you, you said you like the course. Is it the format? Like, what, what are the things yeah. that are, like, got to keep this? I think what's worked is the fact that people are understanding that the money is an actual incentive. People are talking about guys down the roster that could – benefit from the actual cash making a difference in their lives because not everybody has these ridiculous guaranteed contracts and to that point craig i would go so far as to if we're really going to try to make this a thing i would change it far more drastically than people realize make it a tournament for guys that are not making gazillions of dollars like that are on nba rosters there's a world in which you can say you know what you get and all-star or whatever, and you get to call up G League guys, and so that you can get a look at rosters from a depth standpoint. Now, to that point, I would also have to take it out of, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, out of the regular rotation of what are regular season games from a counting standpoint. That's a different discussion. But at the same time, you could say, if every team has to do this, it tests your depth. Why is this something that we shouldn't consider part of the regular season? I would really make this a developmental thing within the NBA itself without sort of making a mockery of it, because why not? Guys can play, guys can play. And if it's worth something, you get to see what they're made of. This year, it's been good. I would take it a step farther next year and maybe even look at that as something three to four years down the line. That's an, definitely an interesting thought. I don't know if I like it, because at the end of the day, like they're wearing the jersey. And like if they're wearing the jersey, I want the team. I don't want the developmental okay. team, you know. If I want to go watch okay. a developmental game, like I'll go to the ESA and I'll watch the I'll right. watch the go. What I'm what I'm saying is this: is that like when people think about how these European soccer tournaments work, like that's what they're there for. Like this is not Champions League. When you think of things like the Carling Cup or whatever sponsor is going from it, there they were used for other things. Yeah, they were the same team, but it was an idea so that you could get to see other players. Like it wasn't just oh, we're playing these guys the same thing over and over and over again. Like there was a purpose to that that was slightly different. And what I'm saying is that like all right, if I'm going to make sure that there's a financial incentive for guys, I, I don't mind seeing guys that are playing for the cash right in front of our faces, playing like the rent do, as they say. It's just a different element. And if we're going to look at the totality of the league, there's something in between what we have now and what we could be doing that I think we're still trying to get to. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I think that they're, like, as you said, though, if you're going to do that, then you have to take it out of the regular season. And that's right. that's fine. Um, it just adds yeah. extra stuff uh, for for the league to do logistics wise, but Hey, that's their job, not ours. Um, your colleague on around Hello. the horn, Kevin Clark had an idea that I love. Did you, did you catch uh, Kevin's idea for the in season tournament? I did not. So he put this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago uh, during like the first round or the second round of games. And I think this is brilliant. 
He said, why don't we take these games out of the NBA arenas and play them at like historic venues within these cities? So like the easiest yeah. one is, you know, in Indiana, instead of playing at whatever they call the field house now in downtown Indy, you go play at Hinkle. You know, you're, you're playing sure. at the Palestra in Philly. Like, what do you, what do you think of that idea? And, and from a DC standpoint, where would you play? Huh, that's a good question. I mean, I probably honestly play in Baltimore from a DC standpoint. Yeah. You know, start, shout out to the old bullets. I like that idea a lot. Um, I think that's kind of a different thing than what the tournament is supposed to be doing. I would almost rather see that kind of anyway. Um, you know what I mean? Like, as something that each team does just as a matter of course. But yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, listen, the cool thing about basketball is that you can play it in a lot of different places. For the NBA to try to latch on to that idea, not dissimilar to say, I don't know, but the major league, what major league baseball is doing with the field of dreams and these Rickwood field games and stuff like that. Yeah. That makes total sense to me on a lot of levels. I mean, I would, I would watch an NBA game played outdoors, but now we're moving into conversations people don't want to have because of different things. So yeah, that's a good idea. Kevin Clark. How about that? All right. How about that? Uh, right. Point for him from right. Reali, uh, you know, proxy points because yeah. brought up a good idea yeah. that we could use on our show. Uh, Clinton Yates with us. Of course, you can watch him on around the horn on ESPN. Check out ESPN daily, uh, the podcast, as well. It also just start, strikes this bigger chord um, in, in that side of the conversation of like, what are they actually trying to accomplish here? And, yeah. you know, I think, again, going back to like the soccer world or like the NFL deals with this at times where it just feels like they're pounding us all for money. And sports is also supposed to be this community thing. And those two ideas are often at extreme conflict. And I actually think like the beauty of that idea is that it takes this like small town community feel to something that is a global brand and brings it back to the community level, which is what we all love about sports. And it's a way to kind of do it authentically without lying to us, but also still keep your behemoth brand. Because like you both want to, yeah. be, you want to be small enough that people feel like they can reach out and touch you, but you want to be big enough that you are a big, ginormous, ginormous global behemoth. No, you're not wrong about that. But the thing is, the NBA at this stage is so wildly disconnected from that in terms of the salt of the earth brand of American that I wouldn't want anybody to be in a position where I don't want to say something goes wrong where it just kind of feels phony, you know, and that's why you've got to be careful with things like that. There was an element of that at the Field of Dreams game. Do not get it twisted. You may have built a movie set in the middle of cornfields in order for a regular season baseball game to be played. Some people in town were kind of like, I don't know. I don't like it. You know what I mean? And so that's what the balance is from a cultural standpoint that the NBA has to figure out. When you ask, what do we want out about this? What do we want out of this? I have no idea. You know, I would ask the people that are getting something out of this, what more do they want in terms of the NBA cup or whatever it is? So I'm looking at it. I'm not going to act like I'm understanding the tournament format game to game and watching the clock, but I can tell that these basketball games are operating under a different kind of lens. And that's kind of cool for what it is. No doubt. And, uh, you know, Adam Silver's probably thrilled that we just did 11 minutes uh, in the middle of football season on NBA stuff. Uh, and the right. Wizards are 3 and 14. Like, at right. the end of the and day, like, the, the, that's kind of what it is. It's an attention market. I agree. And, you know, with the league that's got all sorts of other problems with humans, he's gotten a little lucky that this hasn't been a complete dud in terms of a competitive balance. That is true as well. Clinton Yates, read him, ESPN.com and Anscape. Watch him around the horn. Listen to him, ESPN Daily. Uh, safe travel, sir. I know you're on the way to the airport. Thank you very much for your time, and we will talk to you next week. I appreciate you. I'll be on TV on Friday, so I'll see you on the air, kiddos. 
Hey, this is DA, and you're listening to The Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.